Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Another fun day of fantasy football as we recap week 10. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Rewind. That's what it sounds like when you go backwards. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of rotoexperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy and getting ready here to look back and ahead, as always, with my buddy Jim Day, the fantasy Taz. Jim, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm and today. doing great, Scott. Another crazy day of football today. Yes, certainly. And uh, if you're listening to us on demand, it was a crazy day of football uh, today or yesterday. Depending on exactly when you're listening to us, uh, but let's uh, let's start by diving into some of the injury issues. Uh, Cooper Cup suffered a knee injury during the fourth quarter of Sunday's win against the Seahawks. Didn't look too good. Uh, uh, you know, was able to to walk off uh, at at some point, although he was holding his knee. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, you don't get you know, always instant. Uh, updates on these kind of things. Uh, Julian Edelman injured his ankle in uh, in, in uh, the Patriots' surprising loss, somewhat surprising loss to the Titans. Uh, Martavis Bryant has suffered a possible PCL tear, according to the NFL Network. You never want to see anybody get injured, but it really doesn't matter for fantasy purposes. He wasn't even rosterable. And Marvin Jones suffered a knee injury against the Bears. Those were the four uh, most notable injuries of this past Sunday. Uh, Jim. Uh, yeah, there were a couple other small ones, but most of them returned to the game, so nothing big. So you're right. Cooper Cup looks like the worst one. Sean McVay saying it doesn't look good, but of course they need to run more tests. Uh, but when your head coach is saying it doesn't look good, the day it happens, it usually doesn't. Yeah, that would be a big loss for fantasy players down the stretch, and not the first time they've had to replace Cup either. So as we get closer to the fantasy playoffs, Jim, uh, you know, having depth is important. You know, you can't just trade. It's a lot of trade deadlines will hit this week or, 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 or right around this time. If you have some depth, you may want to consider keeping it because you never can tell when an injury may happen. Some fantasy owners say, oh, I have depth. I want to make a trade. You know, I want to get rid of – I don't want to have a guy that can start that can be on my bench. But, look, you never know when you might suffer an injury, so you have to think twice. No, I, it's important to make sure that you have somebody to cover. You know, a lot of guys go out there, they want to, you know, trade all their depth right now to get a better starting piece. And, you know, while a lot of times that makes a lot of sense, uh, too many injuries, too many people losing games. If you go in with just a rock-solid starting lineup and a lot of dribble as your backup, then, you know, you will get hurt if you run into an injury, especially in leagues where you can't make waivers in the playoffs or, like you said, the trade 
deadline is already passed. So it's definitely something. It's a fine edge. You want to get the best possible starters you can have, but you also need to make sure you have some serious depth just to cover. Yeah, you don't have to upgrade from, say, you know, Devontae Adams to uh, you know, Michael Thomas just to get rid of your depth. You know, if you got if you have a really good starting lineup and then you have some good depth, you just shouldn't mess with it. David Johnson uh, was a top player of Week 10, uh, 21 of 98, rushing with a touchdown, seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of people skeptical on Johnson after the way that he started off this season, but this was his best game of the year coming off the bye. He's got Oakland coming up next week, then the Chargers, the Packers. Uh, Johnson has a floor of about, it seems like about 14, 15 points, etc. And uh, you know, when, when you take when you take a look at what he accomplished today, you know this is the David Johnson that we knew and love. It only took uh, it only took until week ten, but hey, uh, you know this is the guy that you drafted in the first round. Well, it was definitely great to see, you know, uh, especially the fact that they got him so involved in the passing game, nine targets, uh, you know, seven receptions. Love to see that from him. Uh, these are the kind of numbers we want to see because of what he can do. And there's no no doubt about it that this offense needs him to be running at this elite level. And, you know, hopefully this is something he can continue. But he does have, a, you know, a lot of nice matchups coming up. Yeah, we were we – were, uh... You know, looking at the fact that Byron Leftwich has taken over as the offensive coordinator, and you know this is how they should use David Johnson, Mitchell Trubisky with it with another outstanding performance. This guy is, looks like a locked in top tw- ten fantasy starter every week. Two hundred fifty five passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and then he added a rushing touchdown. The mobility makes him even uh, even more attractive. You know, this offense has completely gelled. He got Allen Robinson back, got him involved. And, uh, you know, right right now, Mitch Trubisky's looking like a must-start fantasy guy where after the first three weeks of the season, we were questioning when he was even rosterable. He's got Minnesota, Detroit, the, and the Giants and the Rams coming up in the next four weeks. And like you said, you know, he keeps adding his adding to his value on the ground. And, again, another rushing touchdown for him. Yeah, everybody who was really down about Ben Roethlisberger having such a great game on on Thursday and, oh, I'm already lost, and we talk about this all the time. And here it is, Mitch Trubisky on Sunday putting up a better score than Ben Roethlisberger did. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, Dave Martinez was talking to me about it on the Roto Experts Friday show because I never look at who I'm playing and I don't check live scoring until after the Sunday 4 o'clock games are over. And he said, do you realize you're playing me and uh, I have Roethlisberger? I said, I would have known that if you told me, you know, because I didn't check. You know, and I'm not going to freak out about you having Roethlisberger and my still guys have to go and – you know, it looks like I'm going to win that game. So you can't assume anything after a Thursday. We say it all the time. Nick Chubb with uh, 20 carries for 176 yards and a touchdown. His 92-yard touchdown run was the longest from scrimmage this this year. Also added three catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. Now we know why the uh, why the Browns traded Carlos Hyde. He has scored. Chubb has scored in three of his past four games. He has a bye next week before facing Cincinnati uh, in week 12. And uh, Chubb with the breakout performance, uh, pretty much cementing him must-start test status as an RB2 going forward. 
Well, RB2 with RB1 upside after a game like this. Look, like you said, the 92-yard score was the longest of the season, but it was also the longest rush in Cleveland team history. Um, Also, the longest offensive play for the Browns since 2004 when Jeff Garcia threw a a 99-yard pass to Andre Davis. Uh, so, you know, definitely an outstanding day for Nick Chubb. You know, I was a little worried about it. We talked about it a little bit. I I, I, ha- I was having a hard time putting my finger on what Chubb would do today because I did think that Atlanta might get out to an early lead and maybe take Chubb out of the game plan. And obviously Cleveland didn't allow that. Cleveland, you know, took Atlanta out of the game. And we saw a lot of Chubb, and he just came up with, the you know, the best game of his career. Yeah, we should qualify that. There was the longest run in the history of the Browns since they became an expansion franchise in Cleveland in the late 90s, right? Uh, okay, now all they said was the longest run no, in no. history. No, I, I no. Have, I have the factoid here. The longest run ever in Browns history yeah, was going from Cleveland to Baltimore with the oh, entire yeah. franchise. <laughs> yeah, that was the longest run in Browns history. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. I'd uh, be looking totally all over the place for that. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, seven catches for 117 yards and two touchdowns. Also added a 20-yard run. This was uh, Hill's best game since week six. Uh, you know, he's very explosive, but he always has a nice floor of like, you know, 10 to a dozen points. Uh, good game for him. Aaron Jones with his true breakout game. All of a sudden, uh, you know, the Packers here have a running game. 15 carries for 145 yards and two touchdowns. It was very unusual to see the Packers run an inside handoff near the goal line. But Aaron Jones looked really, really good. Uh, you know, good vision, speed, balance, uh, every, everything that you want in a running back here. He's got the opportunity. Now he's running with it. He's got Seattle uh, next week on Thursday night on the short week. The, the Packers are still going to be a pass-first team, but Aaron Jones pretty much cementing himself as an RB2 with a little bit of upside. I don't know if he can continue this kind of yardage per carry, but uh, you know, with the state of running back, especially running back two in fantasy football, you've got to be confident with him going forward now. Look, it was definitely, you know, a nice uptick in, in carries. Uh, we saw that. Uh, broke off that really nice 67-yard run. Uh, you know, look, he is the most expensive, explosive running back they have. Uh, he just wasn't seeing enough touches. But like you said, they are still a pass first. Will always be a pass first team. So, you know, while you get a game like this from him you know, once in a while, you're probably not going to be able to expect it a lot. No. Uh, yeah. We'll have to wait and see, but you know, I think if we reserve judgment that he can keep up these kind of yards per carry. Although, you know, he's done it for the last three weeks. Uh, Allen Robinson with a return uh, from an injury from a from a two-game layoff, and at his best game of the year, six catches, 133 yards, and two touchdowns. He's got Minnesota, Detroit, the Giants, and the Rams next. Uh, I think Robinson's pretty much played like a wide receiver three when he's healthy. Uh, I wouldn't be expecting this kind of explosion every week. No, but it was good to see. Uh, You know, look, he was definitely a touchdown guy when he was with Jacksonville. Uh, They need him to be that, you know, touchdown guy now, uh, you know, with Trubisky there. And look, he he is a good explosive receiver if he can stay healthy. Then, you know, I'm not, he's not seeing two touchdowns every week. But, you know, six receptions, uh, 80, 90 yards a, a game is not out of reach at all for him. 
All right, uh, Drew Brees with another big day today. As uh, right now the Saints are uh, making everybody say they're looking like the best team in football. Uh, 265 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and also had a, uh, a short rushing score of three yards as uh, New Orleans annihilated uh, annihilated Cincinnati 51-14. to Eric Ebron still uh, making claim that maybe he's the best fantasy tight end in Indianapolis, three catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns and also had a rushing score. Ebron continues to get it done when it comes to touchdowns. He's got he's got eight this year, and uh, you know Jack Doyle really wasn't a factor today. Yeah, no, this caught everybody uh, looking the other way. You know, Doyle stepped in last week, first week back, had the bigger game, saw the most targets, you know, played the most snaps. Everybody jumped on Doyle this week. Most people were sitting Ebron this week because, you know, he's touchdown dependent and, you know, it's really hard to keep count on that. Yet he goes out and scores three touchdowns uh, on a lot of people's benches this week. Yeah, it's just the nature of the beast in this fantasy football game. But they just kept feeding him and he kept putting the ball in the end zone. You can't. You can't disregard it. He's scoring at a good pace right now. It needs to be in your lineups no matter who is the official tight end number one for the team. Leonard Fournette comes back today, 53 rushing yards and a touchdown, five catches for 56 yards and a score. There was consternation and confusion about Fournette, whether he was going to be on a pitch count. I was saying start him no matter what, and he was not on a pitch count. Uh, remains a high injury risk, according to InsideInjuries.com, but as long as Fournette is active, you got to start him, Jim. Uh, you know, look, this is a guy that a lot of people took at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Uh, hasn't done anything yet because of the injuries. He finally got a chance to start. And, you know, while he didn't have a great yards per carry, hey, give me two touchdowns, get, give me five pat catches for 56 yards, and you can give me, you know, a, a 2.0 yard per carry. I, I'm okay with that. I can live with that as a fantasy owner. Uh, so he, he definitely had a better game than a lot of people thought in his first game back. When you look at the yards per carry, et cetera, would you try to sell on Leonard Fournette during this upcoming week? Uh, phew, that's a that's actually a great point. Um, but right now, no, look, uh, I would rather keep him because he can be that explosive guy for the second half of the season if he can stay healthy. But, again, we say that about a lot of guys. Uh, but he is going to be their number one guy. He's going to get, you know, the lion's share of touches. Uh, as we saw today, 24 carries first game back. They absolutely didn't have him on a, a snap count at all. He was just balls to the wall. They were going to get him the ball, and they did. Uh, I expect that to ha- continue. That's what they want him to do. Uh, whether or not he stays healthy, that that's definitely the risk that's involved there. If you don't want to deal with that risk, then sell him high. You, you probably get a great price for him right now. But if, if you think he's going to be the guy that leads your team to a fantasy championship, you definitely don't want to get rid of him. Melvin Gordon keeps it rolling. 18 carries, 93 yards, five catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown as uh, the Chargers beat the Raiders 20-6. to And for a while in that first half, it looked like uh, – Looked like it wouldn't be that high scoring of a game for the Chargers as the Raiders' defense actually showed up to play for one half, Jim. 
Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's funny like that. You know, they're listening to the same things everybody else is listening to that they gave up. Uh, obviously, against San Francisco, nobody was there. They didn't care, all that stuff. Hey, look, these are grown men with pride, and no matter what it is, they're, they're going to try and do their best when they start to get that feeling going, and, and they did. They, you know, early on, they they had this game. They were, they were playing well. Their defense was playing well, and, you know, eventually the better team just won. All right, uh, Michael Thomas keeps it going today. Eight catches for 72 yards and two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks uh, had a rushing score and also 10 catches for 100 yards in a Los Angeles Rams win over Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson, not a lot of passing yards today. 26 attempts, uh, 176 yards, but another three-touchdown game. And he also had uh, nine, ca- nine rushes for 92 yards, a lot of more design runs for him today. Uh, the rushing yardage gave Wilson his best uh, performance of the season, and he's got Green Bay on a short week. So uh, you know, if, you, if you use Wilson today, he gave you a little bit more, more upside than you, than you expected. Uh, we'll have to see if the rushing yardage keeps going going forward. Coming up next, a really good day for a Tennessee Titan in an upset victory. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day at night. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoiding experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code F-N-T-S-Y. Scott Engel and Jim Day. Uh, I'm very honored to be with Jim because the Beatles wrote a song about him. Did you tell people about that, Jim? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you're yeah, talking it was when, about. But when Jim Day was younger and he did drugs called Day Tripper. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd probably one. be better off if they called it Day Drinker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 12 carries, fixed in six yards. Two touchdowns, four catches for 46 yards. We saw more of Mark Ingram today. But, uh, you know, Kamara still gets what he has to get done. 
You know, the guy has scored rushing touchdowns in four consecutive games. He uh, he has scored, rushed for two touchdowns in each of the last two uh, and also has a pair of rushing uh, receiving touchdowns during that span. Mark Ingram had 13 carries for 104 yards and four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown and a totally dominant performance over the Cincinnati Bengals. But, you know, this is still about Kamara. You know, we saw Ingram in the picture last year. Uh, I don't think you can really count on Ingram very much for, you know, the type of numbers we saw today on that low kind of volume and really not worried at all about Kamara. Oh, I'm not worried about Kamara either. What they showed today is that both of these guys can be fantasy relevant, just what we saw last year. And right now, with the way this offense is playing, uh, you know, they're scoring at will. And nobody's really, you know, stopping them. I don't, I don't see anybody stopping them anytime soon with the way they're playing. This was a, another dominant game, and they are trying to lay claim to say that they are the best in the NFC. Yeah, and maybe uh, all of the league. Uh, Corey Davis today, nice, nice call by uh, by Daily Roto today. Seven catches for 125 yards. He was getting open constantly. Also scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, was covered by Stephen Gilmore. There was some concern about that, but he's playing so many snaps. He's getting so many looks, and uh, you know, was really impressive with yardage after the catch, carrying tacklers. Uh, the, the thing about Corey Davis, though, is that he's been incredibly inconsistent uh, this year. You know, we saw a thir- his best game of the year in week four against the Eagles. But then after that, ESPN standard scoring 8.9, 3.4, Last week, six catches for 56 yards. And uh, this week, uh, you know, the second best game of, of his season. He's got Indianapolis, Houston, and the Jets coming up. But uh, it's still very hard to rely on Corey Davis. Uh, he's going to have to do it for like at least another week in a row before we say, okay, maybe this guy is a wide receiver three. Well, look, uh, at this point, it, I think it comes down to Mariota's play. If Mariota's playing well, then we'll see Davis playing well, I think. The uh, two seem to go hand in hand. He, you know, when Mariota's on, we see Davis get, you know, 10 targets. Uh, back in week four, it was 15 targets. So, you know, last two weeks, 10 targets each game. Those are great signs. You want to see that from, you know, the wide receiver you're trying to put in your lineup. Uh, like you said, great call by Daly Roto this week. Um, even Chris Venter on the frenzy really liked Corey Davis this week against these Patriots in a game that they had to, would have to throw a lot. But, you know, if Mariota continues to play well, then Davis is going to be a guy that, you know, not only is a wide receiver three, he's going to end up being a wide receiver two. Yeah, well, I think he's got a ways to go before we consider that. Uh, Todd Gurley today, 16 carries for 121 yards, 20 yards and a touchdown, three catches for 40 yards, ended up with 25 points. Uh, uh, nothing really to be nothing, nothing really to be disappointed about. Oh, my, he didn't score 30. Yeah. Yeah. What a bum. He's uh, got to go. I should trade him. If you if you had to start Carrion Johnson out of desperation or well, not really desperation or maybe you just you know didn't have a running back that maybe you could felt you could trust like you didn't want to start a Kenyon Drake and maybe you reluctantly put him in there and didn't like him because the Bears have not allowed a rushing touchdown all year long. Well, the Bears finally allowed a rushing touchdown. It was to Karrion Johnson. 14 carries for 51 yards, six catches for 38 yards, and a touchdown. Karrion Johnson with his best game of his rookie season uh, in Week 10 in a very, very tough matchup, which was very encouraging. 
Oh, absolutely. You got to love this if you're, you know, holding carry on Johnson. Look, I'll be the first one to admit it. I didn't like him this week. I thought he was a bad play. Um, you know, I, I told a lot of people to sit him. I know I sat him on a couple of my leagues and definitely paying the price for it. Uh, just played a really good game. Uh, like you say, against a tough defense. Uh, not much more you can say. The kid is a good-looking young rookie. I just wish we didn't always have, you know, the, the thought of Blunt or Riddick taking touches away from him. I wish we could see him with a more consistent workload because I think he would be one of the better running backs in the league. Well, he did get uh, – he was the most busy touches. of the running backs today for the yeah. Lions yeah. for this for 20, so that's encouraging. How about LaShawn McCoy and the Buffalo Bills leading 41 on the New York Jets, the lowest scoring team in the league with a complete laugher. Uh, 26 carries for 113 yards and two touchdowns, one catch for five yards, and easily what was his best game of the season. He was actually cut 1.7% of ESPN leagues uh, last week. Some people giving up on him. I was saying, okay, it's a legitimate question. He had 24 yards in his last 24 carries coming in, but certainly reasserted himself heading into a bye. Well, it, you know, it's weird that he finds it to do it in a week against a Jets defense that's been pretty good on the season. Not great, but pretty good. But the fact that they were running Matt Barkley out there, a quarterback who a couple of weeks ago wasn't even on an NFL team, the kid comes in and looks like their best quarterback that they've placed on the field all year. Uh, they, they just took the the Jets out of this game early, right away, and just didn't stop. Uh, just big game for Buffalo all the way around. More points than they've scored in the last three weeks combined uh, in this game. And, you know, one of the first teams to lose one week by 30 points and then win the next week by 30 points. Yeah, I remember Barkley a few years ago having a pretty good game for the Bears, uh, too. So probably remain on that roster over Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson after a performance like that. Julio Jones scores for the second consecutive week, seven catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. He scored two two weeks in a row, and both of his touchdowns have been on screen passes. So I think that's got to be in the playbook a lot more. Yeah, you would imagine they would continue to do this. It's working the last two weeks. And, you know, finally all the talk of him not getting touchdowns can go out the window again. Uh, he's back to being an elite wide receiver for all those people who doubted him. Uh, kind of stupid to doubt him when he's still having such a great year. But people were. Uh, they want to see those touchdowns. You know how our us fantasy owners get. We're, we're always wanting more. But uh, Julio Jones is, is just having a phenomenal year. And, you know, finally getting on the board with the touchdowns as well. Eight catches for 93 yards and a touchdown for Zay Jones. Only owned in 0.9% of leagues. He is heading into a bye, so people may may shy away from picking up for that reason as well. And then he faces Jacksonville where, uh, you know, I guess some people still say, I'm worried about that matchup, but I guess they have been watching Jacksonville games in recent weeks. <laughs> uh, would you add Zay Jones? Hey, look, at this point, you know, he, he's seen an uptick. He actually came close to having a second uh, touchdown where, the you know, he, the ball got jarred from his hands just, just at the goal line. It fumbled into the end zone, and they scored there that way, too. Everything was going right for Buffalo today. Uh, look, he's definitely a guy you could sit on the bench, and, you know, if you really need to, if it comes – push comes to shove and everybody's hurt throw him in there but you know it's going to depend there's a good chance that josh allen is back under center next week if he's fully healthy yeah and uh that could 
go uh, a ways towards Jones' numbers dipping. Anthony yes. Miller with a good game for two weeks in a row. Uh, last week, uh, he's actually scored in double figures in three consecutive games right now. Best game of his career, five catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. Only owned in 13.3% of ESPN leagues. Uh, I have to imagine people are going to start picking him up, but still a question whether he can fit into the starting lineup or not, or should. Well, tough. Uh, you know, of course, Detroit was without Darius Slay this week, and uh, that definitely seemed to hurt him. But, you know, Miller made, on his touchdown reception, made a really nice play, uh, broke a tough tackle. Uh, you know, the kid wants to play. You could just see he's really fighting for everything out there whenever he touches the ball. And, you know, maybe they find ways to get him in the game more often, but it's going to be hard. He, he definitely he saw more this week. He was definitely much more involved this week than Taylor Gabriel was, who outside of two big games on the season, Taylor Gabriel has quietly gone away. Baker Mayfield with a good performance today, a very popular pick in daily, uh, 216 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Mayfield has now thrown for two or more touchdowns in four consecutive games as the Browns head into a bye after pulling off that upset win over Atlanta at home. Yeah, he, he was on fire today, you know, connected on all 12 of his first uh, half passing attempts, 12 for 12 to start in this game, you know, including a, a really nice uh, play when he got flushed out of the pocket and hit uh, Rashard Higgins for his 28-yard touchdown. You know, Baker Mayfield, with this change in, in regime there in Cleveland, you know, last two weeks has played a little better. This offense is opening it up a little bit more. Uh, still a couple of players that... Psh, I'm just going to say it, Jarvis Landry, who, again, did nothing while Baker, you know, sprayed the ball around to nine different receivers. Landry does nothing again. Uh, he's getting killed by Mayfield at this point, but Mayfield himself is playing much better football. Yeah, just the ball's going in different directions. Marcus Mariota with another solid outing today, 228 passing yards, two intercepts. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, and also had a 21-yard touchdown run. That's two consecutive 20-point games for Mariota. Uh, give him one more, and you know I think he, I think he gets bumped up in my in-season ranks on RotoExperts.com. He's got the Colts next week. Yeah, plus he also caught a pass for 21 yards. Uh, you know, they tried to do that on the other side first. The Patriots tried to do it. And, yeah, Brady uh, only got like seven the, yards. Yeah, yeah he didn't fell get down. the first down. And then right away, Mariota came back and, and did the same play and had a much better play out of it for 21 yards. Uh, look, last two weeks, he, he's playing much better. He looks fully healthy for the first time all year. Uh, you know, this team... Mike, Mike may have his shot. This was a game that really they weren't expected to win. Now it puts him at five and four. And, you know, Mike is trying to win that bet that they beat eight and eight. This is definitely a nice step in that direction. All right. Lofty goals. Devontae Adams again uh, gets in the end zone. Four catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Adams has scored but all but two games this year. And uh, this was his second two-touchdown game of the year and second in the, the last four weeks. Doesn't get much more money than him. Blake Bortles today, 320 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That means uh, next week 160 yards and four <laughs> interceptions. 
Uh, Austin Hooper today with his best game of the year. Ten catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. As, uh, he scored well over 20 points. Actually, uh, it was his second best game of the year. Uh, nine catches for 71 yards and a touchdown in week eight. Uh, Austin Hooper has a floor maybe of about seven points, but there is some upside there. Oh, there is. Absolutely, there is some upside. You know, he's in that great offense. Matt Ryan been playing excellent. Uh, not not so much today. They just got throttled today uh, by a, a Cleveland Brown team, team that just surprised everybody, I think. I'm pretty sure most people would have picked Atlanta in this one. Uh, uh, just, it was my survivor pick. And yeah, me and blew it this morning. <laughs> I was trying not to point that out while pointing that out. Um, but, yeah, no, he's yeah, thanks. he's got <laughs> – you know, what we've seen, He when he gets the chances, he's putting up good fantasy numbers. It's just he's been inconsistent in those chances. Weeks five and six, he saw 12 and 10 targets respectively, you know, put up good points in both of those games. But then seven and nine with the eight was the buy. So seven and nine, he only saw four targets and three targets. And, of course, put up just over seven points. So he needs to see more targets than on a consistent basis. Unfortunately, he's got a lot of good wide receivers around him. So sometimes it just doesn't need to come to him. Another uh, three-touchdown game for Andrew Luck with uh, one interception, 285 passing yards. He has now thrown three or more touchdown passes in six consecutive games. Came into the into the, today's play with the second-most touchdown passes in the NFL. Yet uh, I get the feeling that people still don't regard Andrew Luck as an elite quarterback again. It's uh, almost like you know he's had to pay for the sins of you know teasing us about when he would come back, et cetera. But right now, Andrew Luck's playing like a top three or four fantasy quarterback. Oh, absolutely, he's playing lights out at this point. You know, you have to go back to two weeks, two and three. Wait a minute, for- hold on. He can't be lights out if he's on offense. He's not shutting anybody down. Oh, he can be whatever I say he is. He's lights out. That means he's shutting out the defense. So take it what you want. Um, you all right. I st- I, I, you have for terminology. Um, <laughs> I'm an editor. What do you expect? <laughs> Look, it, at weeks two and three, he, he was definitely not getting it done. You know, it looked like he was a check down quarterback, and we weren't really going to see him open it up. And then finally he started opening up uh, week four. He went off with 42 fantasy points. And ever since then, he's been in the mid tw- mid to upper 20s each and every week. Uh, he's just playing at an elite level right now. And at, at this point, you have to say his floor is probably around 20 points. And you can't really ask much more than that from a quarterback. Jared Goff today, 318 passing yards. Uh, two touchdowns and no interceptions. Just really, really steady every single week. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Matt Ryan, Jim. Uh, today it was uh, 330 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. If that's a bad day, I'll take it. Patrick Mahomes, well, look at this bum, 249 <laughs> passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, only 20 points. What's wrong with uh, what's what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes right now? <laughs> uh, broke broke his streak of 300 yard games and three touchdown passes. Uh, that's that he did. But uh, again, they came away with the win. They're nine and one on the season, and and this kid is looking every bit like an MVP candidate. Bounce back game for Kenny Galladay. Six catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Very very encouraging performance for Kenny Galladay, even though it was a lot of the garbage time. 
Well, also, plus, you know, Marvin Jones going down, you know, in the end of the third quarter uh, allowed him to really step up at the end of the game. 13 targets for him, so that was a great number. That's what you need to see. And, you know, hopefully this gets everybody out of the crying for Kenny Galladay stage and think he's back. All right. Lots more coming here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Coming up next, a very underrated touchdown maker and a revenge game for a former Indianapolis Colt who might be underrated. That's coming up next here on the Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott and Jim. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, the uh, Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott and Jim. As the lights may go out soon for Week 10, but we'll keep them on for just a little bit for you. So Seattle losing at Los Angeles today. They kept it close. They covered, which I did predict. thought this was going to be a close one. And uh, Tyler Lockett gets in the end zone again. He's very touchdown-dependent. But, you know, the, the guy just keeps getting it done. He's he scored seven touchdowns in nine games this year. It almost seems like the, the th- type of thing you can't count on, yet he's delivered it almost every week. And he's got the Packers coming up next week. Whenever Russell Wilson needs a big downfield strike, Tyler Lockett is his top option. Really doesn't have a lot of others <laughs> for big downfield strikes. So has to be. Uh, uh, look, Lockett is, is a guy, when he doesn't score, sure, you're, you're probably going to be looking at eight, nine points for that week, maybe even a few less. But, uh, you know, he is scoring at such a good rate that he pretty much needs to be in lineups every week. Yeah, actually, he's had only one single-digit performance this year. And I wouldn't say it's not because nobody else is there, because because if, look, if if he couldn't take advantage of the opportunity, he wouldn't be putting up these kind of numbers. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I, would, I wouldn't say about Tyler Lockett that he doesn't have a choice to throw it to anybody else. Uh, you know, Lockett's actually healthy and, you know, was this kind of receiver they, they thought he was going to be, okay, uh, you know, coming out. My words. I, I meant it more lo- along the fact that he is their big play guy. How's that? Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's, let's move on. I'll find Jeez, something else I, to I'm pick up on. I'm keep a, an encyclopedia open in front of me so I, I can make sure I don't offend the Scott. <laughs> I'll let it ride with you. Uh, Dante Moncrief today with the revenge game. Three catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. 18.8 points uh, ESPN decimal scoring. You know, this guy has has a five five double-figure games already. 
Uh, Dante Moncrief is a guy that people really don't want to roster, only 15.3% owned. But uh, it came in ranked 51st in fantasy points per game among wide receivers. You know, that's because he got shut out by Dallas in week six and had only uh, 2.1 catch for 14 yards in week one and week three, three for 16. But you know, Dante Moncrief can make a good bye week filler. I think he's a little bit underrated. Uh, I, I, I look at him more as a wide receiver four. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I agree with you. He is definitely the best wide receiver that Jacksonville has. You know, everybody wants to get on Westbrook. Early in the season was Keelan Cole. But he has been, you know, hard to say the most consistent, but he has been the most consistent. It's just it, it's so, so hard to know when he's going to hit those big games because his targets just vary so highly from week to week. You know, uh, like you said, the week six game against the Cowboys where he, he had no catches at all. He only had three targets. He, on the outside of that game, the week before against the Chiefs, he had 15. The week after against the Texans, he had 10. You know, so it, it's very hard to know where he's going to be in that pecking order on any given week. But he is the most consistent out of the three main receivers for Jacksonville. Certainly is, uh, you know, long, long touchdown catch and run today. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with a disappointing day, 199 passing yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, Rodgers hasn't scored over 20 fantasy points in the last three games and four of, and uh, and four of his la- actually like uh, six of his last eight. Uh, right now, I think I think Rodgers might be overrated for fantasy purposes. Still one of the best, you know, quarterbacks in the league, absolutely, for NFL standards. I agree. But like you said, for, you know, fantasy right now, he's still in top ten. So, I mean, it's not like he's yeah. totally tanking, but he's not the number one or number two that, you know, people keep wanting to put him at. And he hasn't been playing like that or even close to that at this point, uh, the, you know. Weeks five and six were the best two weeks of his season where he got over 30 points. Outside of that, he, he's got, you know, a lot of low 20s, and that's just not what we expect from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's got sub-20 performances, and you, you look at the touchdown passes, uh, he's, he's got seven in his last four games. You just, uh, you know, you, exp- you expect more than that from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not that you're going to bench him necessarily, but then again, I, you know, I... Let me let me ask you a question. You know, regardless of matchup right now, who would you rather have between Aaron Rodgers and Mitchell Trubisky? Ooh, uh, strip the names off the back of the jerseys. Oh no, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Trubisky just because he's throwing more, he's being more concise, and his players are making more plays at this point. You know, like you said, Rodgers is is down. Uh, Trubisky has pretty much outscored him since they got hot back in week four. Uh, pretty much every week except for last week, week nine, when Trubisky really got shut down only had 10 fantasy points. Pretty much every other week he's outscored Aaron Rodgers on the season. Look, it, you know, when you're talking about number one quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers comes into the play almost all the time. But he's only got 17, you know, uh, touchdowns on the season. What does Pat Mahomes have, 31? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big discrepancy there. So kind of hard to keep calling Aaron Jones the number one fantasy quarterback when he's not playing anywhere near that. By the way, you know, I keep I keep hearing people accidentally referring to Patrick Mahomes as a rookie quarterback. 
Did I just do that? I didn't do that. No, you didn't do that. Oh, okay. I said other other people. <laughs> I'm trying to other go people. back and think of what I just said. Yeah. Well, no, you it's didn't. just that that impression they get. I mean, because you know, it's really his first season as a full fledged starter. Uh, you know, it, uh, I guess they're using baseball qualification because he only played one game last year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Mike Davis of the Seahawks got the start today. Eleven carries for 58 yards, four catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. He has scored uh, over 35 fantasy points in his last two games. Also had a 100-yard game in Week Four. No Chris Carson. And if uh, you know this team is the only team running the ball over 50% of the time in the NFL, and uh, you know we did see some spark from Rashad Penny, but Mike Davis, if when Chris Carson gets it, is out, is the clear starter for this team. Yeah, he was making me sweat this game. Though I, I have him in a couple of leagues, and I had to start him because uh, I have him and Carson and. You know, he was making me sweat, but that late touchdown definitely helped him out, pull, pulled him into that, you know, where we need him to be as a starter. So it worked out to be a good game for him. But like you said, you know, Penny was definitely involved today and had a good game himself. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry uh, continues to do his best LeGarrette Blunt impression. Uh, two <laughs> touchdowns today and uh, four in his, in, his, in his last four. Uh, yeah, strictly a goal line back right now, but you know, starting to to rebound now because in his first six games he didn't have a single touchdown run. He only had 58 rushing yards, but you know, if you want, especially in a standard league, if you want to or non PPR, as you could refer to it either way, right? These days, uh, you know, somebody somebody to plug in, you know, maybe just to get that touchdown, get that six points, maybe 30, 40 yards, and give you a nine, ten point day. Totally agree. Yeah, you know, he's totally touchdown dependent, but right now he's getting those opportunities. And as long as he's getting those opportunities, you know, he's going to be able to put up those numbers for you. Uh, it's just very hard to count on. He just hasn't looked well while he's running the ball uh, for most of the season. So it's really hard when, when you have that many games where he's not putting up fantasy points, it's very hard to all of a sudden turn it around and, really start to gain trust on him based on a couple of good games. And that's what we're seeing now. People still don't want to believe that he could be worth being in a starting lineup. Chris, we thought Chris Godwin was touchdown or bust, and then he didn't score uh, in any of his last three games. It was dropped in over 6% of leagues last year. And he came up with a 100-yard game this week with seven catches. I don't think anything you can count on going forward. We talked about Rashad Penny, 12 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, very, very encouraging performance with a long touchdown run today. Uh, but I, I, I still get the feeling, you know, that, that although he showed a lot of spark today, uh, you know, when he gets when he, the thing that he did in college is when he gets to the second level, he could automatically take off. And we saw that twice today. But uh, if Carson's good, when Carson's healthy, I feel like he's still going to be the guy. And at best, Petty's only going to be a change of pace guy. Well, the worst thing that could happen is we could end up seeing a three-headed monster with each in having their own different roles. I don't know if that's going to be the case because I'm with you. I think when Carson's healthy, he's their main back. But, you know, after Penny puts up a game like this, they're going to want to try and get him more involved. Look, this is a young rookie that they, you know, drafted early. They want to get him involved. Uh, just didn't really get going the right way to start the season. So maybe now we start to see him get more involved, but all that's really going to do is muddy the waters on which one of these running backs can be played each week. 
I, I think Penny's still third on the depth chart until we prove uh, I otherwise. Agree, but, but, you know, they, they want to get him involved if they can, and this just gives them a reason to. Yeah, well, he just had four carries the week before that, and he didn't even touch the ball in week eight. So there's no rhyme or reason to Penny right now. Uh, Tariq Cohen today with only seven carries for 15 yards, but he did have a touchdown. He has only 20 rushing yards in his last two games. Thankfully, he had the touchdown, but this is the problem with Cohen. If, uh, you know, one week he could be rushing for 15 yards, and the next he could have 10 carries for 150. Well, the positive side was he did have six receptions, you know, only for 29 yards. But, again, that, that's almost another nine points just in the receptions and yardage alone. So, you know, it gives him a nice floor, um, what you're kind of looking for there. But, but I, I agree with you. He's really, you know, he's either boom or bust. He's going to hit those touchdowns or, or he's going to languish. Yeah, last, last the week before that, just 7.3 points. you got to be careful. Sometimes even in the receiving game, there might not be a floor. Jaquiz Rogers with eight catches for 102 yards today. Uh, I feel like, you know, this is an aberration. Uh, he's only owned in 0.8% of leagues, and I'm not going to pick him up. And he had a fumble. <laughs> yeah. And he's, so, yeah, I, think he, I think he's four foot two and weighs like 40 pounds. <laughs> All right, Phillip Rivers with a disappointing day today, 223 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, like we said, uh, that Raiders defense came to play in the first half. You know, a little bit of a disappointment, not because the team got so far ahead, just because uh, it was a lowest-scoring game that we expected. Uh, again, Oakland's defense came out early on playing strong and, you know, kind of put charges on their heels early in this game you know they rebounded they got the win which is what they needed to do and uh, look that that's the most important thing from from their standpoint from ours it definitely wasn't the type of game you were expecting from rivers going against oakland you listen to the fantasy football rewind scott engel and jim day right here on the fantasy sports radio network robert woods today three carries for 17 yards four catches for 89 yards uh continues to do his thing uh he has had double figure performances in every game since week one one of the most consistent reliable fantasy wide receivers josh doxson with four catches for 46 yards and a touchdown he scored in two consecutive weeks but he's only had 77 yards total yeah very hard to you know count on doxson for anything today i mean uh Caught a really nice, you know, uh, touchdown, though, the, at the back of the end zone uh, between three defenders. Beautiful pass by Alex Smith. But uh, it's just hard to count on with, you know, Alex Smith, two great matchups on paper in a row and really hasn't put the numbers down that we expected him to. Uh, just not really meshing in this Washington offense. And it doesn't help that they have so many playmakers. And, of course, this week so many offensive linemen hurt now. Uh, Duke Johnson Jr., only three carries for 15 yards, four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he has now scored three times in the last two games and uh, has scored over 43 points uh, in PPR during that span. Uh, again, we, a lot of people expected more after what we saw last week in a game that I think a lot of people were thinking that Atlanta would be out and out in front and Cleveland would be playing catch-up. And, of course, the game script got totally flipped. We didn't see that at all. We saw Atlanta having to play catch-up here. And, you know, luckily for Duke Johnson owners, he got the late touchdown to got get you into double-digit points for the week. And that, you know, 
as long as you can get that out of him, you're, you're looking at gold. That's what you need to do. You hit that double digits. You, you're not really, you're not going to lose a game because somebody skunked you, and he didn't end up skunking you today. So it worked out. Danny Amendola, uh, seven catches for 72 yards uh, today. Uh, Amendola has now had double figure performances in four of his last five. Uh, but uh, if Ryan Tannehill comes back after the bye, he's had a good connection with Brock Osweiler. Uh, a lot of people have never been able to say that uh, in terms of NFL players. But uh, if Brock Osweiler comes back after the bye, you know, that could be a little, a little bit, a bit of a dent in that floor. And you, you called out Amendola this morning. I, I was reticent about starting him uh, because I Good word. I <laughs> Thanks. I, I just, I, I was, I, you know, Jer Alexander has been playing lights out for Green Bay uh, all year. And it turned out that the one big play that Amendola had, the, the 39 yarder, of course, Alexander wasn't on in that play. Justin Jackson was, and he got flipped. Uh, he flipped Justin Jackson right around on that play. So he ended up with a, a good, good score on the day. So good call by Scott. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, this is why I always caution against using him. Uh, he did have 406 passing yards, but, the, you know, everybody was talking about the offensive volume, and I said the bottom can drop out on Ryan Fitzpatrick at any time. And he turned the ball over three times today, which just gave him 13.7 points. No touchdowns, two interceptions, and a fumble lost. This is the danger with Ryan Fitzpatrick because there may be days that he turns the ball over three times and he doesn't even even get to the 400-yard mark. Well, the Buccaneers today set a, set a record. Um, they were actually the first team in NFL history with over 450 total yards and three or fewer points in a game. Yeah, not even the Bills have been that futile, huh? Yeah. Bills okay. kind of turned. The Bills time. played. The Bills played today. How like we thought the Buccaneers would would play, yeah. and <laughs> and vice versa, Jim. Yeah, it was uh, totally crazy. We we expected. Yeah, that's a great point because we expected the Bills Jets game to be what this Washington Tampa Bay game ended up to be. Uh, for the longest time, it was six three, and that's what we kind of thought the Bills Jets game would be, and uh, of course. We know the Bills went off on the Jets. So it, it definitely total runaround. And once again, just goes to show you that no matter how it looks on paper, it doesn't mean it comes out that way. Yeah, yeah, you can't. It's hard to predict execution. You know, you can't. You know, everything's, everything's so creative. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about athletics, once a game starts, you know, it's not just about the matchups. It's it's about it's about the ex- execution, and uh, that that's a very hard part of our game to predict, Jim. It's very hard. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's really not much else to say. It's just no matter how you think it's going to go, it doesn't mean it's going that way. Nope. Physical execution, very hard to predict. Coming up like next. I always, like I always say, the ball doesn't bounce straight. Yeah, it doesn't bounce in football either. Coming up next, who the heck is this Foster guy? (laughs) Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope. And type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. 
listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day reviewing Week 10, getting you ready for what's going forward. You got to listen to Jim. You know what he knows what he's talking about. On the Fantasy Football Friends, he said, write it down. He said, the, the Bears are going to stomp the Lions, and it's exactly what he had today. And Corey said, let's write that down so we can make fun of Jim on Monday. Uh, I think hopefully uh, Corey lost that piece of paper as he had to the Jim. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, but Corey seemed to be having a breakdown on today's show about several other things. So <laughs> tomorrow will be a lot of Corey yelling. Oh, yeah. What was he breaking down about? I'm uh, pretty sure he was breaking down last I saw about Fitzpatrick because he really needed Fitzpatrick to have a good game today. So he was going nuts about that. Um, at one point, I, I'm pretty sure he wrote out a, a resignation letter and signed it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, maybe he was checking the live scoring of me playing him in the uh, the uh, staff league. <laughs> That's why he was doing it. I think heading into Sunday night's game, I had 186 points, and he had left. He had about 104 less than that. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> But that's that how it usually. Down. Yeah, that's how it usually goes when I play him. You know, after <laughs> after this week, that'll be, uh, you know, that's my record against him all time will be thirteen and five. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that was part of it. I don't know, but you know, uh, Corey, Corey's a quitter. You know, I had to talk him out of quitting the GST, but he'll be okay. Uh, yeah, we we're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, Janu Smith. Three catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. Smith has now scored in two consecutive games, but there only, there's only been 77 total yards in those two weeks. Uh, but again, with the state of tight ends being what they are, you know, you got to keep an eye on this guy, especially now. Uh, he could be a good value add. He's not going to get you a lot of yardage. He's going to be touchdown dependent. But, you know, with the way Mario is playing, this could become a thing. So you're only owned in 0.6% of leagues, Jim. Oh, yeah, there was no reason before now to even think about it. I agree. I, uh, there was no, no reason at all to think about it. But uh, like I said, two touchdowns in a row with the way tight end position is going. It, it's hard to, you know, outside of the top four or five guys, every other guy has been a crapshoot pretty much every week. Until uh, this past week, uh, Robert Forster of the Buffalo Bills who's 0.0% owned, had two catches for 30 yards, all in one game. He was signed off the practice squad, and this is the level of embarrassment the Bills put on the Jets today. Three catches for 105 yards. Uh, People might start picking up Robert Foster, but uh, the Bills are heading into a bye, and it's not like Matt Parkley had a report this guy practice or anything like that because Barkley wasn't there. Barkley really wasn't there at all. So, uh, you know, what's what's the deal with Robert Foster? Is he worth the flyer? No. Undrafted Uh, rookie free agent? Yeah, no, I I doubt it. I'm not buying into him at all. Uh, Like you said, it's just one of those things. He brought up from the practice squad on Saturday. they just, they've lost all faith whatsoever in Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, Terrell Pryor didn't do anything again today. They're looking for whatever they can. But like you said, there's a good chance that Barkley isn't starting for them another game. It looks like Josh Allen should be back for the next game after the bye. So it, it, 
I don't know. You can't have any faith on this kid coming up and all of a sudden being this guy. Had a really nice you know, first play of the game, 47-yard uh, pass play. That was really you know a nice play, nice route run by him. But I, I just don't know if I trust him to do anything going forward. Yeah, put him on your watch list, but I'd, I'd leave it at that. Alex Smith for the second week in a row proving that no matter what the matchup is, he can't take advantage of it. Some guys just don't take advantage of good matchups. And Alex Smith, the last two weeks against Atlanta and Tampa Bay, he's had exactly two touchdown passes. He had 16.4 points last week and 12.7 last week. And you still have people this week, you know, asking stuff like Alex Smith or Jared Goff. You can't base it just on the matchup. You know, some, some guys just can't take advantage of a matchup. At least last week he got you 300 yards passing with the one touchdown. This week, this week only 178 yards and, uh, against you know a, a terrible Tampa Bay defense. Uh, this Washington offense. Well, you know, again, let's temper that with the fact that of course they were down uh, three starting linemen. Well, actually four today, uh, but they've lost three basically for the year. It looks like uh, the fourth one was out today, so they were playing with all second string. Uh, offensive lineman, but I'm not making that the excuse for Alex Smith. This offense with him hasn't clicked at all this year. Josh Gordon, four catches for 81 yards. I think you expect a little bit more, but uh, you know, you'll take 12 points in PPR if you can get it. Yeah, you know, four catches, 12 targets, though. Uh, I love that fact. Tom Brady was was not on today. They they were getting after him early, and you know, the one thing we always know about Tom Brady is the one way to shut him down is to get at him. Hit him early, keep getting at him, hit him hard, and as long as you can keep doing that, you'll take him out of your, his game plan, and, and that's what it looked like today. Tennessee was coming after him all game and getting to him. Yeah, Froggy like a true Giant fan. That's how he knocked Brady off his game seven years ago, yep. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm not even talking about as a Giants fan. That's how you get to Brady. you got to hit him early and get him off his, his game plan. And uh, the, the, every time that somebody seems to do that, they win that game. They take him out of his. And that's what you got to do. You can't let him sit back there and just pick you apart because he'll do that all day. Well, will he? Let's talk about Tom Brady. Uh, you know, we talked about how Aaron Rodgers is overrated for fantasy purposes. What about Brady? You know, yeah. four of the last five games, he has thrown a, he, he thrown a total of two touchdown passes. What I mean, in week six, one. In week eight, zero. In week nine, one. And today, zero. Uh, right now, Tom Brady, you know, he, the sandwich only that gives a three-touchdown game. But, you know, he's had... One, two, three, four, five, six games of one or less touchdown passes this season. Right now, you strip the name off the back of the jersey, and I wonder if Tom Brady's even a fantasy QB1 right now. Uh, well, uh, on the season, he's just in that mark. Uh, so far in the season, he's quarterback 11. Uh, one ahead of Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson's had his bye, and Brady hasn't. If you look at average points per game, uh, that number is probably going to change. I'm checking. Give me one second. Yeah, at that point, if you look at average points per game, it actually knocks Brady down to number 18 on the season. Uh, but uh, actually, number 16. I'm not going to count Nick Mullins as one freaking game. <laughs> Sorry. So 16 yeah. on the season. Uh, definitely not Brady. Like, you know, it, it is definitely we've seen a change this year at quarterback. There's no doubt about it. it. These young guys are coming in, playing very well, and 
you know, they're putting their stamp on the game, and we're starting to see the older guys like Rodgers and Brady not being as consistent as they always have been. Yeah, Brady's been even worse than Rodgers. Right now, it's not crazy to say he's a QB, too. Uh, yeah, it's not crazy to say. Uh, it, it's not. It's, it's, it's very hard. That's it's what he's playing like. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It, it's very hard for people when you see that name. Like you say, you got to strip that name off the back and forget about the name and look at the numbers. And the numbers are just not good for Tom Brady. Hasn't eclipsed 20 points in the last three games. Yeah, and four, four of the past five as well. So, look, he could turn it around at any time because he is Tom, you know, TFB. But uh, right now, you know, I'd be starting Mitch Trubisky over him every every time. Uh, Another good game, two in a row for Theo Riddick, six for 60. He seems to be the the main benefit of Golden Tate going to Philadelphia. He does. They've been lining him up in the slot a lot, and, you know, he's making – taking advantage of it. Uh, You know, this is – we're probably looking at a floor of about 10 points as long as he continues to be in this passing game the way he is. And, you know, that's that's not a bad play each and every week. A nice, you know, flex play option. Not really a running back, too, so he has to be a flex play option for you. But, you know, it, it, a decent one at this point. He, he's seeing more targets than, you know, the wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a mini renaissance for him because he had that – that fantasy breakout season in 2015, but for most of the last two and a half years, he was disappointing. He has been very disappointing. I agree with you. Uh, and, you know, I'm not even sure I could say that this is a breakout, you know, re-breakout season for him. Cause like he's a, only like had... a mini breakout stretch here. Yeah, well, two games. So I'll, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> uh, since coming back from being injured and, and missing a couple of games, the last two games he's done well and gotten you some points. So, you know, Take it for what it's worth. In PPR, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for those running backs that are going to catch passes because catching passes is so much more valuable than running backs who just run the ball. John Ross was talked about today. Two catches for 39 yards, uh, but did score a touchdown. But really, this guy is probably nothing more than a wide receiver five overall. Uh, I started getting so much grief. He scored fairly early in this game, and I started getting grief right away. Oh, look, you said not to start John Ross. You can't count on him. And Oh, look, he scored right away. He's going to have a monster game today. Man, I, I, I am not a fan of people who don't wait for the game to finish. <laughs> You're not a fan not. about 70% of Twitter, you know, <laughs> who's, uh, you know, it's basically in the – in, like, the first quarter, you know, they'll say stuff like, where the heck is Eric Ebron today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, people, wait. Let the game finish. If at yeah. the end of the game it was the wrong call, I'll be the first one to say it was the wrong call, but at least wait for the game to finish. <laughs> yeah, right? It's crazy. Uh, no, no, no patience. Isaiah Crowell had a rushing touchdown today, but only 37 yards from scrimmage. Isaiah Crowell has not rushed for more than 50 yards in his last five games. Uh, right now he's only 85.7% of leagues, but when would you ever feel comfortable starting the guy? Never again. Never again in the history of fantasy football will I ever feel comfortable starting Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Deshaun Jackson only five catches for 67 yards, but it was another double-figure performance for him. He's been in double figures in uh, just all games but two this year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, only 71 yards rushing and 25 yards receiving. 
Boy, what a bum that guy turned out to be. I hear you. I, that, yeah. We were all right at the beginning of the year when we said we had to worry about him. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Back to 30 points next week. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald uh, had had two good games in a row, but uh, today only six for 50. Uh, you know, was 11 points, but uh, you know, a little bit of a disappointment when you consider who the opponent was. I think it was a lot of disappointment. I, I was definitely expecting more out of him, but uh, you know, at, at least he's trending upward, and that's a positive. You know, uh, second half of the season, you know, we'll finally start to see him come into this game plan. Ro- Rosen showed some nice flashes today, threw some a couple of really nice passes, but then made a couple of mistakes, like a lot of rookie running backs are going to, uh, quarterbacks are going to do. But uh, I, I like. The little bit I'm seeing from him, and I think this offense under Byron Leftwich is definitely outperforming anything they were doing under Mike McCoy. Yeah, Byron Leftwich might be more productive as a coach than he was as a as a, yeah, as as a, a player. Yeah. Jalen Rashard with five catches for 50 yards, another double figure game uh, that makes five in his last six. But you know, there's really no ceiling there. It's it's either a, it's either uh, nine to eleven points every week. That's pretty much what it is. And that's exactly what it is. And, you know, he's he's that great bench guy that when you absolutely need to get just to 10 points, he's going to get you there. He doesn't offer any upside, but he doesn't really offer you, you know, a very low floor either. He's right around that 9 to 10 point range every week. And, you know, he's living there. So at least he's consistent in that way. And that, that gives living, you a little living bit more Living there. He, he owns a condo there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at least you have faith that you're going to get somewhere close to that each and every week. It's not this up and down, up and down. And that, to me, that sometimes that's worth more. Yeah. A lot of us like the old up and down, up and down. But, you know, that's a story <laughs> for another day. Uh, you said you didn't like good tight ends. <laughs> Mo Alley Cox uh, scored for the second week in a row. He's only had three catches during that span, though. So uh, nothing you can depend on. Uh, wait, disappoint- wait, 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 wait. When, when did you ever figure that they would have four tight end touchdowns and Jack Doyle wouldn't be involved in any of them? Oh, uh, that's crazy. And T.Y. Hilton <laughs> had three catches for 77 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but, uh, you know, the uh, it looks like he's starting to round into form uh, after being injured recently. Travis Kelsey for only six catches for only 46 yards, but just a lesson that not every player is going to blow up every week. Maurice Harris with five catches for 52 yards. Uh, there was no real upside. We expected uh, maybe more against Tampa Bay, but I don't know how much you can really expect there. Disappointing day for Joe Mixon in a blowout. 85 yards from scrimmage, but they really got behind early. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that was a little disappointing. Only six catches for 44 yards. Uh, he still did get you 10 PPR points, but I think we expected better. Well, with... You know, Allison out, you know, that was definitely the... But it's not like he's been a target monster even in the other games he started. He's always been in, you know, low three, four targets. He's just been scoring. So today we saw more targets. He got more receptions. He just didn't score. Uh, luckily, he did get you that to, the, you know, at least double digits by the skin of his teeth. But not, a, not what most people were expecting, myself included. I definitely thought he would have a bigger game in this matchup. Yeah, maybe he'll have a good game in Seattle on Thursday night. Could certainly burn them with his downfield speed. Ricky Seals Jones, who's been a big disappointment this year, six catches for 51 yards, but in the two games before that, he had just had five catches for 24 yards. 
This guy's been a big disappointment. I thought he was going to be one of the sleepers of the year. Uh, yeah, we won't talk about what you spent on him in the auction, but uh... <laughs> hey, I'm six and three in that league. I overcame it. <laughs> yes, you did. You yes. absolutely did. And uh, you're doing quite well in that league after a crazy auction. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Trey Burton with a disappointing day. Four catches for 40 yards. He's kind of touchdown dependent. You know, he did end up with 10 points. You know, he also, he also, uh, believe he had a rush. No, two-point conversion. Uh, no, two-point conversion. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, he did have a two-point conversion. You know, this guy is pretty much, though, uh, floor of about 10 points every week, Jim. Yeah, it's kind of hard to count on him for more than that. But, you know, he'll he'll break that every once in a while when he, he, he hits those touchdowns. But without those touchdowns, you're looking at a floor of seven, eight points. All right, coming up next, the Falcon that drives us Batsy. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day recapping it all for you. And also looking a little bit ahead because we're getting close to the fantasy playoffs, Jim. We are. We are. We're definitely getting there. And teams are scrambling right now trying to make last-minute additions or changes to their starting lineups to get strong for the playoffs. I know I am. Daily Roto's NFL. NFL Optimizer has already produced millions of winnings for its subscribers, including multiple winners in hundreds of thousands of dollars and a million-dollar winner. And with the NBA now in full swing, the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available, and subscribers are crushing on a nightly basis there. If you're hooked, you can now buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package giving you access year-round to the full suite of successful tools and projections that DailyRoto.com subscribers be using to print money in NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, and PGA Daily Fantasy. When you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools they've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, and player props. So head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer if you don't have a problem with winning money year-round, you're going to love it. Add to the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. The Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott Engel and Jim Day. You can hear Jim uh, every weekday from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time with Chris Ventra and Corey Parson on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. 
And, of course, you can hear me every morning on 7, 8 a.m. Eastern with the Roto Experts in the morning. Tyler Boyd today, three catches for 65 yards. Kind of disappointing. Uh, I think for a lot of people, only nine PPR points. When this looked like a great matchup on paper and it was more of an opportunity, you and I, I believe, had the same concerns about Boyd. With A.J. Green out, at least for the next upcoming game, could Boyd step up with more defensive attention or facing more de- more top defensive backs? And he he didn't pass his first test against a really uh, bad opponent. No, he did not. But, uh, yeah, he did not, especially in the game they were playing catch-up in all game. You know, you figure you get some garbage time receptions out of him and garbage time points and you know we're okay with that we love that in fantasy and yet we still did not see that today it was a a definitely discouraging day for tyler boyd after having a monster start you know monster season so far and here's the thing too we talked about this on fantasy sports today you can't always assume catch-up points either some teams are not built to play catch-up or some teams just flame out when they're trying to play catch-up. It's it's no guarantee. No, it's not. It's not. But you, you just got to figure that the more times they put the ball in the air, you, you got a better chance of getting more fantasy points out of it. Just did not work out that way today uh, as they just got spanked. Yes, they did, and it hurt. Uh, Devontae Parker today, five catches for 43 yards. Probably throw him back on the pile the uh, trash pile if you haven't already speaking of uh, trash Tevin Coleman once again was trash today in a really good matchup and that's not the first time this season that we've seen it he only had 40 he only had uh, 63 yards from scrimmage and he didn't get in the end zone early in the season and especially when Devonta Freeman first went down there was a lot of talk from fantasy analysts and uh, that you know Coleman if he gets the opportunity, he's going to step up. Uh, he's, he just needs more more work. He's, he's got a free agent contract coming up. But he's really failed in some friendly matchups this year. Against New Orleans this year, only 33 rushing yards in Week 3. Cincinnati, 51 in Week 4. Tampa Bay, he didn't get in the end zone. The Giants, he only had 50 rushing yards, but he had one touchdown run. He's had, he's had only two touchdown runs all year. Tevin Coleman, regardless of matchup, he, he's proven to be unreliable. He has. And, you know, this one, uh, a little bit was taken out of his hand because once they got behind, they pretty much abandoned the run. Uh, so And he wasn't really involved in the passing game this week. Had five targets, but only three receptions. Uh, not as much as, you know, you would hope. In this way, if they're getting down, you want to get him the ball because, let's face it, Edo Smith isn't that kind of running back. He He's a grinder, and, you know, he's going to get you those goal line carries, things like that, and some nice runs as well. But, you know, if you're going to get behind and you want to throw the ball, then usually Coleman is going to be the guy that steps in. And we just didn't see that, and we haven't really seen that on a consistent basis, uh, even when they get behind. So. You're right. He, he's not a guy you can plug and play each and every week. It really comes down to, you know, matchups and being right. Another uh, disappointing game for Jared Cook. Four catches for 52 yards. Uh, Jared Cook has only scored in double figures twice this season. He might be the most overrated tight end in fantasy football. Yeah, well, that's it. it again, we, we talk about it, but this 
these these tight ends this year have been so terrible uh, that you know it even nine points a lot of weeks is going to get you into that top 12 at tight end didn't this week because we had a few other guys step in out of nowhere you know Janu Smith Tyler Higby Mo Alley Cox uh, all guys that had a bit better games than than Cook had this week and you know pushed him outside the top 12 but you know uh He's never been a consistent guy. You know, I don't know why people all of a sudden thought, based on two good games, why all of a sudden he would be more consistent, especially in this offense. Even for a tight end, he's unreliable. And Jordan Reed continues to be a disappointment. Four catches for 51 yards. Uh, he's only had two double-figure games since uh, since week one, and neither one of them has been over 11 points. And he hasn't taken advantage of good matchups either. No, he has not. Uh, and, you know, I I hate to say it because I, I like Alex Smith, but Alex Smith is just not in, you know, in any kind of groove with this offense at all. These guys are, you know, either they're not making the plays that he wants them to make or he's just not reading the same playbook that they're reading. But they just don't have any kind of cohesiveness as a unit. And we also saw Adrian Peterson with his second straight disappointing performance uh, 19 carries for 68 yards as uh, the offensive line issues are definitely costing him. Uh, Doug Baldwin, another disappointing day. Five catches for 39 yards. Uh, he's saying he's getting closer to 100%, but you know, Baldwin has only two double-figure games in, in six outings this year. Uh, only one of them over 12 points. And uh, he's been nothing more than a high-profile decoy so far. But I, I will say this. This is the first game that I actually saw that he looked like he was running more naturally. You know, every other game, you know, he always seemed to have some kind of hitch in his giddy-up. Uh, you know, it, it just wasn't really running strongly. Today, at least, he, he looked like he was running a little bit more fluidly. So hopefully that gives us a little hope going forward. But, uh, again, you know, when Russell Wilson's only throwing the ball, you know, 18, 20 times a game, it's going to be hard for each of these wide receivers to get enough touches or targets to, to really be fantasy viable. Yeah, but when you're talking about only 39 yards, uh, you know, maybe he looked more fluid running his routes, but there are two things that usually separate Baldwin. He can usually separate downfield, and he can get yardage after the catch, and he's still not doing either either one of those things. Well, I think he got a little bit more separation today, but yeah, he was—he's still not doing much after the catch. There is that, and I'm not going to argue that. Uh, we know he's dealing with two bad knees, and I'm just trying to find a silver lining here. <laughs> All right, uh, I, I guess he could. The fact that he had five catches—I uh, don't know. Dion Lewis, uh, 57 rushing yards and two catches for 11 yards. A disappointing day, you know. Daily Roto really liked Dion Lewis. Thought, uh, but, but the game script was different than what a lot of people projected. They thought yeah. that the Titans were going to play from behind and that Deion Lewis was going to be heavily involved in that. I'm pretty sure nobody really called this game script and how it worked out. Uh, you know, Titans, you know, good game last week, absolutely. But to, to come back this week and beat New England 34-10, to 10, I mean, and, and it, it – it was a beatdown. They beat down on the Patriots today uh, in pretty much every aspect of the game. Marvin Jones Jr. left the game with the injuries. We said three catches for 35 yards. Another disappointing day for Mike Evans. Uh, three catches for 51 yards. Uh, you know, when you look at when you look at Mike Evans' game log, 
He has one touchdown reception in the last six. And uh, over the last two weeks, he's got 10.7 fantasy points. And he's got three single-digit performances in his last five. Are we overrating Mike Evans as a fantasy wide receiver? Oh, absolutely. I've believed that for a long time. He's been so inconsistent, uh, you know, not only this year, but in years past. And, you know, he makes some great plays and he puts up some really big games most seasons. But he's always had that inconsistent streak. And, you know, it really seems to be coming to the forefront this year. Yeah, because the bad games are really bad, Jim. The bad games are really bad. There's no doubt about it. At least before he, he gets you into the, the low double digits, even on a bad game. But right now, he's not even doing that. All right. We're all excited about Marlon Mack with uh, three excellent performances and then 12 carries for 29 yards today. Uh, Jordan Wilkins outrushed him on one carry, nearly doubled that total. Uh, should we be worried about Marlon Mack? Well, you have to be. I mean, again, Jacksonville, tough defense. We know that. But we've seen too many teams now run on Jacksonville for to say that that was really the, the thing here. He just – he never seemed to get going. He only averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Um, he didn't get involved in the passing game in this one at all. And, it, you know, he – if he didn't get the two-point conversion, we would have been looking at under six points for him today. So definitely a terrible disappointment, you know, especially we, we knew that, you know, he was partially injured this week. And, you know, the, at times he was questionable on the injury report, but they took him off the injury report. He was supposed to be fully ready to go, and it just didn't work. Worst game of the year for James White. Five catches for 31 yeah. yards, and he didn't even pad his numbers playing catch-up. But you got to figure this is just one bad game for a good player. Yeah, I'm not writing him off just because of one game. This kid is having Cut an him. incredible season. Yeah, exactly. Well, there will be people tomorrow saying, oh, man, no, is White done now? Oh, uh, yeah, no. Um, no, absolutely not. This, this, I, you know, it looks to me like New England just got caught looking. They weren't ready for t- Tennessee. They didn't really think this would be a game. They, you know, it's it, more of a mind thing to me than anything else. They just got out-hustled, out-played at pretty much every turn in this game. And, you know, you're going to have games like that every once in a while. And really hard to say anything bad about White with the season he's having. Two catches for 53 yards for Adam Humphreys. This is more of the kind of the game I expect from Humphreys than what we saw last week. More of a seven-point kind of guy. And again, just just goes to show you that not all trends are things that can happen. You know, we we saw him with you know 27 targets the last three games. What does he do this week? Uh, three targets, and it just no rhyme or reason to some of this stuff. If you can't make it up, it just sort of writes itself. Pretty much, uh, Calvin Ridley at times has been spectacular, but he's very touchdown dependent, and he only has one touchdown catch in his last four games only three catches for 37 yards it's time to take calvin renley out of the starting lineup and he's in on your bench he should be on your bench absolutely he's touchdown dependent and look this, this you know a lot of people expected and landed to put up points in this matchup and they just didn't and that really radiated down and you know now all of a sudden we got julio jones scoring touchdowns they've maybe figured out a way to get that to happen. And as long as that's happening, then Ridley is going to take a, a back seat. He is third in the pecking order. And right now, maybe even fourth, because Austin Hooper's starting to see more targets than he is. 
This is why I never want to roster Andy Dalton if I can help it. <laughs> this is Andy Dalton, and, uh, the best example of Andy Dalton, and why I can. He frustrates the heck out of people as a fantasy player. He has a great matchup, and he lays a major stinker. 12 for 20, 153 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. This is the problem with Andy Dalton. Last week, just an okay game against Tampa Bay. Another good matchup against New Orleans, 6.9 fantasy points. And let's not forget the fact that he was under eight fantasy points against Kansas City in Week 7. Uh, yep. Andy Dalton against uh, Atlanta in Week 4 did take advantage of the matchup. Played good against Baltimore in Week 2. Andy Dalton is the kind of fat guy you would never want on your fantasy team because he's completely unpredictable, except he will always, in a good matchup, be have the potential of laying a stinker. And in an unfriendly matchup, he might do very well. Andy Dalton will drive you absolutely crazy. Right. This is what I, you know, I always tell people, don't pivot to Andy Dalton just because of the matchup. You know, if you have another quarterback that you like that maybe doesn't have as good a matchup and Andy Dalton looks to have a great one, don't just automatically pivot to Dalton, especially this week with no A.J. Green. And now they're saying A.J. Green may be out for the rest of the month of November. Uh, so that's really not pointing at, at very good signs for Dalton. Uh, probably radiates right down the team with Boyd as well, uh, with no A.J. Green in there to take up some of that defense. Uh, I think these guys are going to be hurting for the next uh, three weeks with no A.J. Green. It's certainly looking that way. But uh, even if A.J. Green was in there, yeah, I don't know if we could have confidence that he always would have done better. Jack Doyle only three catches for 36 yards today. It's not, there's nothing I can say to that. He was only targeted three times. Uh, same amount of number of touchdowns that Eric Ebron had. He actually, he actually fell short of the goal line on one of his catches today. But uh, in week one, he had seven for 60-60. Then in week two, he had two for 20. He comes back in week eight, six for 79. And then in week 10, three for 36. So... I think it's an even number week for Jack Doyle in number 11 against Tennessee, so you might want to get him back in there. Well, there you go. We, we see these trends way too often, and people laugh about it, but, you know, it, when it consistently happens, it might be a thing. Yeah, cer- certainly looks that way. Uh, another disappointing day for Kenyon Drake, who only had 38 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, that guy's like the Andy Dalton of running backs. You just can't figure him out. You'll bench him next uh, when he comes back from the bye in week 12, and he'll probably have 30 points. Yeah, he's not a guy that I always, you know, I feel very strongly about either way, anytime. I didn't like him coming into the season, didn't draft him too often. Uh, you know, I just, I don't really get the warm and fuzzies with him. I don't feel like he's a guy I can trust each and every week, and we're seeing that again. He's just not consistent enough to be a guy you can plug in your lineup, and that's where people drafted him as a guy they would be able to plug into their lineup each and every week. He's that far from that. Who gives you the warm and fuzzies, uh, Jim Day? Oh, you do, Scott. You do. I don't know if I'm... That's the answer I wanted to hear to that question. <laughs> I was hoping you would say somebody else. <laughs> All right. Coming up next... More guys that don't give you the warm and fuzzies after their Week 10 performances. That's coming up next here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Scott Engel and Jim Day here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Recap it for you every Sunday slash Monday. Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Giving you all the stars, the studs, and the duds. One of the duds today was Quincy Inunua for the Jets who got stomped, trashed, (laughs) pistol whipped, destroyed. By Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> and Quincy and Newman had only four catches for 18 yards. And I wonder where Todd Bowles will be coaching as of Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe he'll be on lineup lock live next week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Giovanni Bernard came back but only had two catches for uh, for 30 yards, Jim. Even even a yeah, catch-up scratch, he wasn't, he wasn't much of a factor. Yeah, he's only – he'll get his chances if they're ahead and, you know, he'll get some extra playing time that way. If not, they're, he's not going to see a lot of work. They they like Mixon. Mixon can catch the ball, you know, just as well as Geo can. And, you know, they, they want Mixon to be the bell cow, and they're trying to make him that. Uh, C.J. Uzuma, three catches for 23 yards. Just not happening with him. He's a perfect example of how opportunity doesn't always lead to production. I thought it would. I was wrong uh, when the other top two tight ends went out for the Bengals. He just hasn't taken advantage of the opportunity. You got to cut him. He's definitely not worthy of starting at this point. And, you know, I'm not sure if all of the blame can be laid on his feet, but it doesn't really matter who the blame lies. He's not getting it done. So he, he really can't be in fantasy lineups anymore at this at this stage for me. I, I'm Look, I was looking for him to have a big game as well in this one figure, and especially with A.J. Green out, they'd get him the ball more. But, you know, it all comes back to Dalton, and if Dalton is going to throw up terrible games like this against teams that, that you know, the matchup looks great on paper, it, it's very hard to, to trust him at all. And if you don't trust Dalton, you can't really trust his receivers. Yeah, I don't think he's rosterable whatsoever. Big uh, dud of a day for Jarvis Landry today. And what was supposed to be a good matchup. Two catches for 22 yards. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but Jarvis Landry only has two touchdown receptions this year. And uh, in his last three games, he has not gone about 60 yards. They are they are just taking him out of the game each and every week. The defense is a uh, – look, they just have no other weapons out there at receiver. They can't count on Callaway. Uh, nobody else is really stepping up. I mean, Higgins got the uh, touchdown today, but that was all he did. That, you know, as long as they don't have a viable threat on the other side, defenses are going to continue to take Landry out of the game, and and that just sucks. I, I love Landry, and he, he's such a good ball baller in this league. It's just when you get two or three guys rolling at you every single time, it's very hard to, to beat that. Yeah. Uh 
a lot of people in the industry were heavy on Jordan Howard this week. Uh, even though the yardage wasn't there, he's very touchdown dependent. But he didn't get in the end zone today and only got 32 yards from scrimmage. Really, is Jordan Howard much more than the NFC version of Derrick Henry? <laughs> no, and I find that so hard to believe. I thought he would be so much more this year. I expected so much more. Look, everybody did. He, he was, you know, a, a late second-round pick in most drafts. Uh, everybody thought he, he'd really come in, into his own and uh, and be that guy, and it's just not happening in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he, he has scored touchdowns the last few games, and as long as he does that, he'll get you to double digits. But like we saw today, if he doesn't get in that end zone, you're going to get screwed. And you're not yeah. even going to enjoy it. Sony Michelle only 11 carries for 31 yards. Uh, inside injuries had him in a week away from his optimal recovery time. But he's got to buy in a week 11, and he should, should come back strong against the Jets, you would think. You would think the Jets team that just got blown out by Buffalo. <laughs> Although we could have a new coaching regime, so who knows by then uh, what's going to happen. A lot can change in this league in a very quick time. But, uh, yeah, he, he didn't look very healthy today. Uh, he just wasn't as strong hitting the holes as he had been before the injury. He, he's a guy that, you know, when he's healthy, he's an outstanding playmaker. We saw that in a few weeks he was healthy. Hopefully this is not something that's going to become a trend for him in his career. All right, the next thing I'm bringing up, I'm not trying to stick it to you, Jim. I just <laughs> want to preface that. It's just, you know, something we we got to cover. We had a lively debate about this guy on fantasy sports today, David Njoku. Uh, we were talking about his floor, and I mentioned the fact that <laughs> he, he had a, a donut against Pittsburgh. Uh, and then he said, "Well, look, you know, the guy—that's not the guy's floor. I think it's an aberration." And he responded with one catch for 18 yards today, uh, in two of his last three games. Uh, well, at least he it has wasn't a total. A zero. He has a total of one catch of 18 yards. <laughs> so at least it wasn't a zero. Uh, uh, I I don't know what to say. There were were a lot of tight ends today that, you know, were shut down. OJ, well, we'll probably get to him in a minute, but a a few other ones that have been playing well that didn't do crap today. Tight ends. uh, It wasn't a good tight end day. How about that? Yeah, but I isolate Njoku by himself. Two of his last three games have been horrible. Nope, I agree. Yeah. And Christian Kirk with a big disappointing day uh, today. Two catches for eight yards. It was uh, it was it was Kurt's uh, second worst performance of his rookie season. Well, you know, we saw something today. On, you know, somebody posted on Twitter that you know Byron Leftwich has been talking consistently to Bruce Arians, and once he took over the the job, that you know what Bruce is saying. You know, he keeps saying to him is the one thing you have to do is you have to keep getting Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson more highly involved. They need to be the two focal points of this offense. And, you know, with that happening, we're going to start to see Kirk take a back seat. All right. Uh, we mentioned O.J. Howard, only one catch from 15 yards today. Uh, I'd be more inclined to say it was a bad day for a good player than I would for David Njoku. Uh, I expect him to rebound going forward, especially with the Giants and San Francisco next on the schedule. Uh, again, I can't argue that. Although the Giants, for you know, for whatever reason, are actually playing pretty decent against tight ends at this point, I wouldn't sit anybody who plays against the Giants for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jimmy Graham with a disappointing day too. Yep. One catch for 14 yards. 
It was his uh, worst worst performance as a Packer. It, like I said, tight ends. It was not a great day for tight ends, pretty much across the board. There, man. It, it was just like, okay, let's let's just take the air out of the tires for all tight ends this week, and you know, see how the fantasy community deals with it. The only one, well, I shouldn't say the only one. There were a couple that had good games. We talked about Hooper. We talked about Ebron, but he, even Travis Kelsey uh, had a low game this week. Uh, just you know, guys that were play, have been playing very good all seem to take a, a back seat this week. Oh, my little Eckler. Bobby, what happened? Yeah, Austin Eckler, <laughs> three carries for 19 yards, no catches. Uh, and he's, he, he has, uh, in three of his last four games, he's not going above seven fantasy points. Uh, Austin Eckler, is it time to cut him loose? See, the, the problem with that thinking is if they continue to win, then we may see him a little more later on just to – to give uh, uh, Gordon a, a little bit of break here and there. But, yeah, he's not somebody that should be in starting lineups anytime soon, that's for sure. You need to, to see him get more involved again. He, he was getting a lot of chances early in the season, but that has kind of dried up last month or so. See, the the, uh, the Jets might rush to get uh, Sam Darnold back after Josh McCown threw 435 yards with two interceptions. Probably a good possibility. It definitely looked to be a little rust on, on Josh McCown today. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and man, this, this entire team just got bulldozed. And like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, he's the next coach who's fired tomorrow. Ben Watson, one catch for one yard uh, <laughs> today. In two of the last three games, he's very, very Najoku-like. Uh, in week eight, he got shut out. And in week 10, he had one yard. Uh, can't, look, this offense is clicking, and it's just not always going to be him. And I don't even know what to tell you. I, I was very high on him coming into the season. He has not lived anywhere near up to that this year. Vernon Davis got shut out today. <laughs> Trend of the tight end. It was not a tight end day, I'm just saying. Jordy Nelson does not play tight end. Got shut out. Yeah. And you know what? This is the craziest thing to me. Jordy Nelson, you know, just before they got rid of Cooper, had a few big games and looked like he was getting highly involved. Then they get rid of Cooper, and all of a sudden, Jordy Nelson has fallen right off the table. He hasn't done anything since they got rid of Cooper. Defensively, the best unit of the the day was the Green Bay Packers. Uh, One interception. One fumble recovery, uh, and they also had six sacks. So, really good day for the Packers, uh, who have uh, Seattle next on on Thursday night. Yeah, but can they do that again to Russell? I don't know. Russell is being very efficient with his few uh, passes, and like you said, scoring three touchdowns at will. Seemingly, it, it seems like with him lately. Uh, you know, again, the Packers had a good game, crushed Osweiler, but we've seen Osweiler, you know, descend pretty much every week he started. Uh, I'm not really going to put a ton of faith in it just because of that, uh, just because of that matchup. All right, Jim, tell us what you're watching for in Monday night football fantasy-wise. Uh, you know, the, the 49ers defense played very good last week against the Raiders. Uh, Matt Breida. 
Uh, good matchup for him on paper against that Giants run defense. He's been a little bit banged up, but he's got an extra day to heal. No Pierre Garçon. Maybe Marquis Goodwin could be bull robust. Of course, we love Saquon Barkley. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is a must start. It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good matchup for Sterling Shepard on paper. Uh, Eli Manning could throw for 280 yards and one touchdown because he doesn't throw for more than one touchdown. And Evan Ingram's been uh, pretty disappointing since coming back from his, uh, you know, from his injury. No, yeah, because he's pushed down the ladder with with Barkley there. He, you know, he, he's not that touch, you know, that reception monster he was last year. And you know, San Francisco on the season they're seventeenth against opposing quarterbacks, but actually over the last five games they're actually number seven. Uh, and a couple of those games were the Rams and Green Bay. So, you know, they've been playing better as a defense. Uh, they've been number five against tight ends over the last five weeks. So, I'm not looking for a lot out of Ingram again. Barkley and OBJ should be okay. Uh, they'll put up their points. Like you said, Shepard should have a fairly decent game. Uh, as far as San Fran, you know, you, you got to play Kittle because Kittle has been the guy all year that's been consistent. Brita, you know, it's not a bad play. With Mostert out, he should see some uh, receptions out of the backfield as well. So should give him some value. Hopefully he gets you over that double-digit points, and he should in this matchup. Giants' uh, rushing defense has not been all that, uh, especially since they gave up Snacks Harrison, which was a joke. I won't even talk about that. Uh, you know, I, I hope San Francisco wins. I, I want the Giants to go 1-15 this year. I want that number one pick. I, I want to go out there and get the best left tackle in the freaking draft and just have at it. <laughs> all right. Hopefully the left tackle can throw, too. Uh, coming up in week 11, it's the second, uh, 16 bye week that we'll have in fantasy football, the bills, Browns, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and 49ers are all off. So you have no LaShawn McCoy, you have, uh, you have no Jarvis Landry. Uh, and and look, you got none of that, that dominant Buffalo offense next week. That's going to be a killer. Yeah, you got no Matt Barkley. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, three of these teams, you know, don't you know, don't have a lot to offer you. Buffalo, Lashawn McCoy, but he's been very, very uh, disappointing overall uh, this season. With the Browns, you'll have no Nick Chubb, no Jarvis Landry. Uh, I'm not going to joke in that after what he's done two of the last three weeks. <laughs> With Miami, you're going to miss anyone. It's uh, you know, the Jets offense. Are you going to miss anyone? There are four. There are probably five teams here. It's like the way it's worked out. Like you're not going to miss a lot of offense with five of these teams. It's just the Patriots aren't by. So no Brady, no Gronk again, no James White, no Sony Michelle, no Julian Edelman, and uh, no Josh Gordon either. But other than that, there's really not going to be a lot to miss when it comes to fantasy. No, well, except for Chubb and, and Duke Johnson, who, you know, Chubb has been playing lights out. Duke Johnson coming on in the last couple of weeks. That's a little bit of a hurt. Um, outside of that, like you said, no Jets are really concerning. Uh, San Francisco, you got Kittle. Okay. That's about pretty much the only one. Uh, Breida's been so hurt and so banged up that he hasn't been anything consistent at, at all over the last month or so either. So you're right. There's, while there's six teams off for fantasy purposes, it's not a killer six teams. It could be no, much sir. worse. You know, no, certainly you're not. going to see much worse in week 12 with only two teams on by because those two teams are Kansas City and the Rams. 
So that's, yes, that, and those, those two, two teams are going to hurt you more than the six teams in Week 11. Yeah, it's an excellent point, too, and Week 12 will be key. But those two teams play each other on Monday Night Football next week. So a lot of games are going to be decided on Monday night. You know, if you have somebody in a Thursday night game and Aaron Rodgers goes out and has a good game, well, you can't assume anything uh, that no, you're going to no, win, no, you're going to no. lose, especially when uh, the best two offensive teams, arguably, are going to play each other on Monday night. And you know they're going to roll up the score against one another. And it'll be interesting, though, because uh, the Rams are going to be without Cooper Cup, you know, in a very good matchup. Well, and Kansas City may still be without Sammy Watkins. We won't know yet uh, until middle of the week at the earliest. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game, though. That's going to be a great Monday night game. And, you know, it's just going to be one of those highlight games of the year, I think. And uh, Thursday night, Green Bay in Seattle. Uh, there'll probably be some sport points scored against in this game, but probably see a lot of the Seattle game plan that we saw today uh, with them running the ball a lot. But, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, you know, this will be uh, another telling point about whether he can keep up that yards per carry. Well, I don't know if he can kind of keep up the numbers he had today over nine yards per carry, but, you know, it, it, it's just a real good explosive runner, and I, I hope they keep giving him the chance because, let's face it, uh, Williams isn't doing anything, hasn't done anything all year. Basically a placemat at this point. Be a revenge game for Jimmy Graham. And it would be a good, yeah, that's true. It would be a revenge game for Jimmy Graham. Hopefully it comes to, comes into play. We, He really ticked me off today. I was expecting a lot more out of him in this game. Yeah, Graham is just not what he used to be. Uh, oh, come on. Sudden, keep saying that. He's having a good, solid year. He's no, having, we've been he's having, but he's not what he used to be, you know, when he was like well, he, in with New Orleans. He's, he's, yeah, he's that's what I'm saying. Over the years. Yeah. You know, you always break you always break down my words. You know, I'm going to have to keep a friggin' encyclopedia <laughs> here. <laughs> All right. Always fun hosting with Jim Day. Now it's lights out. We'll see you next next time after week 11 on the Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. <laughs>